Welcome, beautiful, to the Feminine and Fulfilled Podcast. I'm your host, Shazia Imam, and today I'm doing the F-word monologue where I dissect the F-word, but probably not the one you're thinking of. And today's F-word is feed. (laughs) This has nothing to do with food. I just had to be really creative in finding an F-word that worked for coming back today after 14 months of being gone. 14 months. I can't even believe it. So I'm back in your feed, beautiful. I'm so excited to be here. Are you excited? Because I heard you missed me and I definitely missed you. And listen, I'm going to tell you what's been happening and how I actually came back. So what stumped me is that 14 months ago, I just needed to do another F-word monologue and I couldn't think of another F-word. I have actually boxed myself into a hole a little bit with this F-word monologue. And yet, I love it. I don't want to get rid of it. I love the play on words. So I found myself in this place where I'm like, oh, I can't think of an F word. And then the timeline passed. I like to upload every two weeks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. And so three weeks passed, four weeks passed, five weeks passed, six weeks. And then it turned into two months, three months, four months. And then I had no idea how to come back from it. I really didn't. I consulted my podcasting colleagues and they were like, do seasons. And I'm like, that's a great idea, except I've never done seasons. And so then I noticed that I was putting all of these rules on myself. I couldn't do seasons because I never did it. I had to do an F-word monologue because I've only always done F-word monologues when it's me speaking without a guest. And I was having some issues in finding a consistent editor, but good news, y'all, Gretchen's back. (laughs) If you've been following me long enough, you know Gretchen. She's back. And so we are teaming up again. She does all my editing. So all I have to do is show up and talk and chat with you. So I definitely had this time to really think about what I created and where I was going. So I started the podcast in 2017. The inspiration came in 2017. And I launched in February of 2018. So I had a really good four-year run with my podcast. And just to give you some stats, podcasts typically fade after seven episodes on average. It is so common. It's actually got a term. It's called pod fade. And pod fade is real because it can be a lot of effort. First of all, the tech for podcasts, it's a lot of work. That's why I have Gretchen. I can't do this without Gretchen, okay? She's my editor and I need her in my life. So I already took one piece of that out, but many people take on the editing themselves and it's a lot. It's a lot to do that when really people start podcasts to have conversations, to share knowledge and information. And so a lot of people burn out after that. But even when that's taken care of, pod fade can happen because It takes a lot to show up. It takes a lot to show up to create content. There's been a lot of conversation about content creators now and podcasts. Hey, it's content creation. There can be this pressure to like always come up with something new and what's the next big thing and are people listening? How many people are listening? Is it like gaining traction? Am I popular? Is it viral? Is it, you know, there's a lot of things. And one thing I'll share is that when I started this podcast, And what has kept me going is that it is more of a passion project for me. I'm talking anyways. I like to talk. I like to chat with other powerhouses. That's what I do in my day-to-day life too. So if all I have to do is hit record, 
great. I'm happy to do that. And if people are listening, fantastic. I've learned over the years that the right woman will listen at the right time and hear the thing that she's meant to. So it's helped me to alleviate a lot of the pressure of having to be the most popular podcast out there. We live in a world where everything is about how trendy or popular something is. I don't know how many times I've heard about Joe Rogan's podcast, but to be honest, I've never even listened to his podcast. And my husband is an avid listener of Joe Rogan. So oftentimes when you're in an industry, it feels like, oh my gosh, well, if I'm not like the Joe Rogans or the other big podcasters out there, well, I'm not good enough to do this. And the truth is, is that that's a fallacy. It's not true. What is important is using your voice. What's important is you showing up. What's important is you doing the thing that you want to do. And everything doesn't have to be viral and big. And like, we just get to move away from that. So I'm actually saying this to myself because in this last year, I started noticing that I was putting more pressure on myself to do things in a certain way. And I was moving away from the original intention of why I started this, which was simply to record so that somebody else could listen like they were in the room too. And that's it. And what this has grown into has been something so beautiful and beyond what I could have imagined. And there are times too where I think, oh gosh, I didn't do the marketing right. Maybe if I had done the marketing better in the beginning, I could have been much bigger than I am today. But does it really matter? No, it doesn't. It only matters in that there gets to be a greater reach. I do believe a lot of women can benefit from feminine and fulfilled, benefit from the conversations that we're having. Yes. And is that onus on me to put it out there? Yes, it is. It is. And at the same time, I get to remove all that pressure too. So I haven't pod faded. And even if I did, guess what? People were still listening. 178 episodes in, I was like, oh, people are actually still listening to the podcast. I was getting the stats every week. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just last week, I was trending number 22 in Lebanon. Like, how cool is that? I would have not known. I mean, my audience is primarily in the States, but I love that when I look at the stats map, we are all over the world. Women are listening everywhere. I think I have literally hit almost every single country except Antarctica. (laughs) And I always say this, I don't think penguins are listening to podcasts. So let's dive a little bit deeper into this place that I started going into about the arbitrary feelings I was having, the arbitrary rules I was placing on myself, because that's really what I want to share with you today is where are you placing arbitrary rules on yourself and in your life? So I gave you the example here of what I was doing with the podcast, right? It wasn't following the way I'd always done it. So then I got off track and then that was it. And now we're 14 months later and I just decided, you know what? I'm back in. I emailed Gretchen and I was like, Gretchen, can you edit? And she's like, yes. I'm like, great, let's do it. Okay. So even though life had happened to both of us and like I had fallen off, I was able to just get back on. Another example is, When you fall off your fitness routine, right? Sometimes I know for me, I'll get into like, I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm into it. And then I travel and boom, like I just break that consistency. And then I feel like I've fallen off and it feels like, how do I get back on? 
This shows up in so many areas of life. So I want you to think right now about where this may be showing up for you, where you may be stopping yourself because you have an arbitrary rule. Another way to think about this, maybe you're stopping yourself or maybe you're not allowing yourself to do something, okay? So what I see with oftentimes with women is they don't want to do something. It's not that they're not stopping themselves, but they're not taking that next step because there's an arbitrary rule of, well, I have to get it perfect. I have to do it just right. Or if I do it, it's got to be the best. So then I'm just not going to do it. And again, these are arbitrary rules. Another arbitrary rule. Oh my gosh. I remember I had this client. Her story keeps coming up to share with you. So I had this beautiful client and she had a successful business, but she kept saying, I want to make 10K months. I want to make 10K months consistently. And I was like, why? And she's like, I don't know. I just, I want to make 10K months. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, let's break that down. What actually matters to you? What is actually meaningful to you? And as we did this exercise and it kept digging and digging and digging, it turned out that 10K was an arbitrary number. She was already making money in her business. So making 10K, 5K, 100K, a million dollars, Again, they're all numbers. It's about what does it mean for you? What does it do for you? And for her, what she wanted was time to spend with her family and freedom in her life and money coming in. And what she found is that she was able to feel really good about where she was at. And then that gave the energy to bring more money into her life. And all of a sudden, 10K didn't matter. And she surpassed 10K months. So It's really interesting how when we get hung up on a particular thing and we use that as our success metric rather than the actual success metric that we care about, well, that can be debilitating. And debilitating is a strong word, but I see it over and over again, myself included, where you're either stopping yourself or you're not taking that next step or you're putting this pressure on yourself for something because of an arbitrary rule. So let's dismantle that. Let's break it. Rules are meant to be broken, okay? That is my thought. That is my belief. I am a rebel. (laughs) I don't like following the rules. So let me just say right now, rules are meant to be broken. And they're especially meant to be broken because so many rules have been placed on us historically and cross-culturally that I'm done with it. Rules that were created by people who did not have our best interest at heart. So rules are definitely meant to be broken, even though we have been conditioned to be good girls. We have been conditioned to be good, to do the right thing, to be nice. And so even saying rules are meant to be broken, I can hear someone saying, but Shazia, don't say that. Like there's rules for a reason. Well, whose rules are they? Let me just be really clear. Whose rules are they? What are the rules? Let's start examining that. What are the rules? Are the rules that like once I start my podcast every two weeks, if I don't do it every two weeks, I stop recording? No, but that was a rule and my mind took that as fact. And you're probably on the other side like, girl, we would have been happy. Like whenever you came back, I've been missing you. (laughs) So Whether the rule is an arbitrary one or one that we actually think like somebody else has placed on us, I want you to start thinking about that. I want you to start actually breaking down 
the beliefs that we have that rules are there to be followed. Because what would your life look like if you stopped following all the rules? What would that look like? I mean, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited thinking about it for you. What if you took off the pressure of, I have to do it a certain way or I have to make it perfect? (sighs) There is no perfection. There is no way to do it. And rules, most of the time, was somebody creating something to probably make things easy or whatever. Now, I'm going to touch on religion for a second because there's a lot of rules in religion. Organized religion definitely has a time and space to create a structure. So rules, yes, they create a structure. I get it. But again, I am a rebel at heart. I am very free-spirited and I just don't want to be boxed in and I'm tired of being boxed in. And religion can do this too. I want to be quite frank. It really can. My relationship with religion is very different than my spiritual relationship with the divine. And I am very cognizant of that. I choose what I observe in my religiosity. I feel most connected in my spiritual connection with the divine. So again, starting to look at, are you following rules because somebody just told you to do something or are you choosing it? We still get to choose things. Even when it comes to our own faith, we do get to choose things. We get to understand it and then take something on. Otherwise, again, it is arbitrary and we are not going to feel aligned with it. And over time, when you are not aligned to the choices you're making in your life and you are living from a place of expectations of others, whether it's your community, whether it's what you believe, whether it's all of the different ways that rules come together, over time, there will be a breakdown and a dissonance and sometimes a crisis. So I think it's much more important to have this conversation to look at what are the rules that I have placed in my life or I'm accepting in my life and do I choose them? Do I choose them? So I didn't actually mean to talk about faith and spirituality, but I just wanted to touch on that because I know that can come in and there's a lot of guilt that can come from, well, if I don't do it a certain way, then am I a bad person? And I just don't believe that you're a bad person. You wouldn't be listening right now if you're a bad person. That is also still part of the conditioning that has come from centuries of women being oppressed, that there's something wrong with us. No, there isn't. You are doing your best. You want to be a good person. You care about people. Like, we don't even have to preface that. Like, I already know that about you. What I want for you is to really step into who you are and step into the greatest version of yourself because you have chosen that for yourself, because you're not letting all of these other things hold you down. So, I watched something yesterday. It was a graduation speech for Smith College, and the speaker was Reshma Sajani. And she is the founder of Girls Who Code. So she's become very successful and she's a South Asian woman and really powerful. So I've been following her for some time and this video popped up of her, the speech she gave at the ceremony. And she talked about something that hit me so hard. So she talked about imposter syndrome. And we often ask ourselves, how do we move past imposter syndrome? And what do we do with imposter syndrome? And so 
if maybe this is the first time you're hearing it, imposter syndrome is that feeling that you feel like you're an imposter, you don't fit in, or your inner critic kind of makes you feel like, oh, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be doing something. It shows up in a multitude of ways. And I know that it's a very common theme that I see with my clients, with myself, just this feeling of not being good enough. So she talked about how she didn't want to address the question, but she actually wanted to break down where this came from and actually stop talking about imposter syndrome. And what she said is that imposter syndrome has essentially been created. It's just another thing that's been created to make women feel not good enough. I find that to be so fascinating. So she actually told a story. She went back in history, in U.S. history, and she talked about in the late 1800s, there was a medical condition that came out and it was called bicycle face. And bicycle face was a condition where your cheeks were flushed, your jaws were clenched, your fists were tight, and they made this a medical condition. But notice they only made it a medical condition for women. So women were starting to ride bikes. And what was happening is that women were able to spread the suffrage movement, you know, the the women's movement further. They were able to go further. They were able to do more things. And so a medical condition came out to basically say, well, you have bicycle face to basically say that there's something wrong with you because they weren't part of that status quo. They weren't part of what they wanted women to be, to be at home, to be dressed up, to, you know, not be out there causing a stir, breaking the rules. And so they literally created a medical condition called bicycle face. So she likened that to imposter syndrome. She said that imposter syndrome was just written about in one paper, and it was just meant to talk about the achievements of white women. I think this was a few decades ago, but how that took on to basically speak about women in general. And so women have taken on this imposter syndrome as something wrong with us. And here's what really resonated about what she shared, because I've been thinking a lot about this in the last year, is she talked about how women are constantly told that there's something to fix. And we take that on. We feel like that. Oh my gosh, I have to fix myself. I just have to do this and I'm not good enough. And this, again, shows up in so many ways. Women tend to, the data shows, when there is a job posting, women feel like they have to meet all the criteria and more before they apply. Okay, look at that rule that they've made up. Whereas men will typically say, oh, I fulfill half of these. Yeah, I'll go ahead and apply. And guess what? They get the job. And it's not that the women aren't qualified. It's that they're putting such pressure on themselves. So now we have a term imposter syndrome that makes us feel like, well, why do I have imposter syndrome? And you know, how do I get beyond it? And I ask that question all the time myself because I still feel like there is more. Or I did. This last year, there were a lot of changes. You'll definitely be hearing more. The biggest thing that happened is my father passed away six months ago, unexpected, absolutely devastating. And it had me really grow up, but I'll save that for that episode. I need to like really be prepared because it's going to be all sorts of crying and sobbing. I'm already getting emotional. So I will save that for another episode. But the point I want to make is that even I'm constantly asking, I had always been asking myself, well, I just need to do a little bit more and there must be something else and there must be another block. 
And look, I am a life coach. I'm a transformational coach. I know what it takes to make the shifts in your life, but it's not that something is wrong with you. And this is the thing I've consistently said. I'm not here to fix you. I'm not here to tell you that something's wrong with you. I am here to bring forth what is already within you, to bring forth the power within you, to bring forth your ambition, your desire, your drive, your talents, your wanting to be free. That's what I'm here for. But there's nothing to fix about you. You are enough. You are already enough. You've been enough. So I loved the way that she broke this down in her speech because it was like, yes, we're having the wrong conversation. Let's stop talking about it at the individual level and start changing it at the collective level. And I couldn't agree more. So let's let go of these conditions that have been placed on women. One of the biggest ones are all the rules that we have to follow and start moving forward, moving on. Because, oh my God, there's rules and rules and rules and rules and unwritten rules and said rules and unsaid rules. And I don't even know, like just stop following the rules. (laughs) My effort today is effing stop following the rules. (laughs) Oh my God. So beautiful. Today, I want you to decide what it is that you are going to do, what rule you're going to stop following, and just commit to that. Even if it feels weird and awkward, I know that as I've been sharing, you have been having thoughts. And step into what it is that you really want. You know that I love talking about dreaming, and I want to give you a gift. If you don't have it already, go ahead and grab my gift. It's the 100 Dreams List template. It's going to help you to think about what it is you really want to do. Because now that you're breaking all the rules, or at least one, okay, at least break one, (laughs) go ahead and grab this gift. I include a short tutorial that goes along with it. I'll send you some emails afterwards that helps you in how to use it. It's almost like a mini program right for you. And it's totally free. You can grab that at thelifeengineer.com slash dreams. That's thelifeengineer.com slash dreams. I'd love for you to grab that, to have that, and then we'll continue this conversation. So until next time, Lilas, love you like a sister.